Hello, and welcome to the Working Tools Masonic Podcast, where today we will be continuing our discussion of mentorship and stewardship of the people in your lodge. Ladies and gentlemen, brethren all, welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, a casual conversation around Freemasonry. First, it's important to note that our opinions and thoughts are our own and do not reflect those of our Grand Lodge or respective craft or concordant bodies. Please connect with us and ask questions, either here on YouTube or on our Facebook page. We'd also appreciate a thumbs up and especially any comments on our videos. Tools podcast. Today we have with us a worshipful brother Stephen Chung, who's a Mason up in British Columbia. Very worshipful brother David Colbeth, a Mason here in Washington with me. And I'm Matt Apple, a, well, a Mason here in Washington, as I just said. Uh, we discussed last time the uh, mentorship program in our lodges, and we're sort of continue that discussion and uh, expand upon some of the various aspects of it. So, one of the things that we mentioned last time that uh, I don't think we we didn't clarify exactly what it was. Both of our Grand Lodges use a system called the Six Steps to Initiation, which I know we stole it from somewhere, and I'm not quite sure where. And I don't know if British Columbia started or California or, or, or who it was, but it's a relatively commonly used program from what I understand. Um, so I guess the first question is, do both of you guys use it in your lodge? Is it is it a, a well-used program in your lodge? David, do you want to, you look like you're nodding there. <laughs> yeah, I guess you can't hear the nod on the podcast. But, uh, yeah, I, I think I, I don't remember exactly where we. St- I think we did steal it from BC, uh, from from Washington. It's actually, matter of fact, I think we, I think we had the the BC version of it on our Grand Lodge website for a long time. <laughs> if I remember correctly, but I, I, and yeah, but it's been around for a long time. And whether you know who 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 got it from who it doesn't matter. It's just that it's it's a great program to use. And I think that we modified the Washington version just a little bit of course, to be different a little bit, uh, to match up with what our constitutions, our, our code says. And then I know a lot of lodges kind of modify it a little bit. The idea is it's a framework. It's, it's a, a process that you can go through if you don't know, have anything else. Just like we have our lodge officer's handbook, which isn't part of the code or constitution, but it's a great reference. If you don't know what else to do, follow the lodge officer's handbook. If you don't know what else to do when bringing a guy in, follow those six steps. It's a pretty thing. And there's still a couple lodges I know out there. I've not not recently, but in the last couple of years, I've been to their meeting and they say, "Hey, we got a petition. Let's let's get that sixth step started." Well, that's the the petition is the last step is the sixth step. So in Washington, the six steps are so simple, and people make a big deal out of them, but they're so simple. The six steps. The first step is just making contact. Make contact with the new guy. And that's the first step, technically. And there's there's a there's a series of questions. If you follow the, again, if you follow the, the process directly, specifically, there's specific questions you're supposed to ask and specific things you're supposed to do. But just making contact really is the first step. And then, as part of the first step, uh, we provide the approaching their portals, a link to the approaching their portals, which is a section in our new we call the New Kennet Education Program. It's just some basic information about masonry. So. Uh, you know, I've known some people that give them Freemasons for dummies, dummies or some other publication, just something about masonry, give them some general information 
to understand what they're getting into. And then the second step and third step really are more one-on-one meetups with that new candidate, with that inquirer. The second step is to give them some information that, Hey, have you read the porch and your portals? Have you read, have you done this thing that I've asked you to do? And if they haven't done that thing, then are they going to do the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, right? And that's part of the process. Are they going to do the next thing? And so, uh, and, and have they come with questions? That's the other thing. When they finish reading their portion of portals or Freemasons for Dummies, whatever you get them, they should develop a list of questions. And then as part of the second meeting, we have, we call it the document called the traditional approach, but it's got in there a series of 12 questions. I jokingly say it's not a 12-step program, but it's a 12-question program. And that the traditional, it explains how normally a guy would come into the fraternity because he knows somebody from work or he's a family friend or somebody and they know him. They already know him. They don't need to get to know him. Uh, an example I use in our, for people that are familiar with masonry or, you know, Demolay, Stephen was in Demolay. We've had some guys that have come up through Demolay. We've known them for 10, 15 years as young men as they've grown. And there would easily be you know, 15 guys in the lodge that would sign their petition right now, you know, or if, if you worked with a guy in the old, previously you might say, Hey, David worked with this guy for 20 years. He trusts him. He was willing to sign his name. So I don't really know him, but I'll just sign my name because I trust David. And I don't necessarily agree with that. I never trust David. (laughs) (laughs) I don't necessarily agree with that completely, but, but I, but that was the idea What they call the traditional approach. You've, you've known this guy before he was a member of the community, whatever, he joined and you already know him. You don't need to get to know him, but that's what the six steps is for. And so the, the six steps is to get to know these people. And then there's yeah. 12 questions specifically that they ask and the, their questions are designed to say yes to the questions. And if they can't say yes, we had one guy that he got to the part about masonry being a lifelong commitment. And he said, you know, I'm just not sure about that. And he kind of went away. And so it, it was fine. He's a nice guy. And he was coming to a meeting. He was coming to our social nights over and over and over again. And I finally said, Hey, has anybody ever asked you if you want to take the next <clears> step? You know, learn about what the next said, No, no one. I said, okay, well, here's the next step. So we met again the next week and, and just went through the questions and he finally got his answer. And you know, he could still come if he wants to, he, he has chose not to, but, uh, and then step three was uh, coming to a more larger social event and and uh, some memory some memory work there's uh, some memory work involved we give them some memory to do and to read we re- have them read the charge to the lodge which is a nice generic statement about masonry that says this is who we are and this is who we le- who we believe what we believe excuse me and do you believe in that do you agree with these words and if they do then they say yes we can continue and step four and five excuse me are really the social four is supposed to be a small social event come to a meeting have a beer whatever Step six has come to, I'm sorry, step five has come to a big meeting. And then you're watching him to see, does he get around and meet people? Does he sit in a corner by himself? You know, what, how does he interact with people? And of course, all along the way, they can do four step fours and fives, you know, come to social events. I try and get that started as soon as possible to come to bigger meetings to get to know the people. And then step six, what I tell people is, hey, you're going to get to know me. I'm kind of the Westgate guy in my lodge. You're going to get to know me through this process. And I probably would be willing to sign your petition because I'll get to know you. But I really, I, I, as much as that's a neat honor, I want to you to get to know three other guys. And once you've gotten to know them well enough, then you can ask them for a petition or ask one of them for a petition, or you can come back to me and say, okay, what's next? 
but you should be able to say to them, Hey, Steve, or Hey, Matt, or whatever. Hey, uh, we've gotten to know each other over the last three months or six months or how long ever it's been. Uh, would you be willing to sign my petition? And that's what people say, well, it's a long process. Well, I think the six steps could be, I jokingly say, it could be six days, six weeks, six months, six years. It's up to the guy and how, long, how, how much he comes around, how much he's involved. Like that Malay kid, we brought him in and we, I felt that even though he thinks he knows everything about masonry and knows what he's getting into, it's, he should read Approaching the Portals. He should answer the 12 questions. He should do these things to make sure he knows what he's truly getting into, even though he's been around it. You know, basically his whole life since he was like 10 or 11. Yeah. We had uh, a lot of guys coming in that um, were brought in from, from guys that they worked with. And we found that the, the members that were signing the petitions did not really know those people. Mm-hmm. So putting what we did is we put them through a modified six step program, Right where it was more about coming to meet other people and not so much about the questions and the, the information because they'd already gotten a lot of that from their friend who signed the, who, who, who recommended them in the first place, right? And, uh, but <clears throat> explaining the rest of the process, you know, doing the memory test, doing um, all these other things with them, was what we really needed to do to find out who they were and if they were the right quality of person um, that was committed. Um, I, people think that I use it as a scare tactic, but I don't. Right. Uh, I tell them, I often get, when I, when I say to a new guy, hey, what's the reason for your uh, interest in Freemasonry? boils down to looking for like-minded individuals to spend quality time with, be social with. I say, okay, well, if you're looking for that social aspect, the fraternal aspect that's offered, then you need to be able to commit to participate, right? And that could mean three, four meetings a month. It could mean five, six meetings a month depending on what's going on and how active you want to be, right? Our lodge meets twice a month, right? Can you commit to doing twice a month? And then if you really want to get that social aspect, the fraternal aspect, you better count on four to six meetings a month because you need to go to other lodges that are in the area to meet the other people. Otherwise, you're not going to meet those people. You're not going to have the fraternal aspect that you're looking for, right? So if that's what you're looking for, be committed to spending the time. And that's uh, not a scare tactic. I'm just being straight up, right? I give them the memory work, and I tell them, (laughs) when I I hold up this piece of paper and and they see one full page, and I say, yep, okay, now. I'm asking you to commit that to memory, okay? And I ask that of every person I meet. And I'm going to tell you the same thing I tell them. When you come through as an apprentice, there's seven more pages attached to this, (laughs) okay? And so if you can't do this one page, you're not going to be able to do seven. But we have coaches that will help you. 
well, the whole way through. Even before we get their petitions, our coaches will work with them on the memory test. Because if they can get the memory test, they can get through the rest of the process. Right. And Adam, are you guys, do you guys have the memory work test as much as, as strict as that? Uh, yeah. No, Matt. Sorry, Matt. Oh. Uh, yeah. Um, so. A lodge with which I'm well familiar, does uh, not um, strictly or potentially at all follow the uh, six-step program. <laughs> uh, we we pay lip service to it, and I think there are guys who do parts of it, like it. You know, it was so it was so nice having Matt as part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Look at how messed up they are. Um, no, it's so we've not uh, we've not strictly followed the program. Honestly, we have a. This is, so this is going to be my next question, but I'll, I'll say it now. We have a guy who's kind of like David, who's the, the oh, you're interested in masonry? Talk to Bob. And, uh, and so Bob's sort of our, our, I don't know what you want to call it, the outward face of the lodge of people who contact us or go through the Grand Lodge website or whatever. Is that Nigren? <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> Funny okay. you should ask. The former <laughs> salesman. Yeah. Um, and I know Bob does a lot of the stuff that's in the six-step program. But I know that there's not, I know no one who has checked on him or asked what he does exactly or that sort of stuff. <laughs> but people come to meetings and, you know, they petition or they don't and that sort of thing. And it's, um, to, to digress a bit, I will say that, so when I joined Masonry, my first kid was, was this big. She was, she was big enough that you, I could hold her on my forearm, you know, put her head in my, in my, uh, in my hand and her legs dangled off my forearm. And that's how, how big she was, she was a newborn kid. And at that point, if someone had said to me, memorize that, that, uh, that this page of material, I would have said, uh, thank you very much. <laughs> and, and honestly, they probably never would have seen me again. Um, which kind of brings me back to something we were talking about in the last episode of some of these things sometimes have to be tailored for the individual and you have to understand their, I mean, I think, I like to think I've made a pretty good Mason since then. And, uh, and, but I honestly, if that had been it, you know, they would have lost my interest for at least a couple of years, probably while she was growing up. And I think it, they're the, that person, that Westgate person, that outward face has to exercise some discretion and some logic and how they're going to apply any program, frankly, not, not just the six steps. I'm not picking on that by any means, but however they're going to do it, you have to do it, you know, thoughtful, deliberate manner, not just a cookie cutter manner. Right. Like for some people, when I'm dealing with an older person for our memory test, I only ask him to learn the first two paragraphs of, of the uh, definition of a Freemason, right? Two paragraphs. That's it. Everybody else, they get three or four, right? But for an older gentleman, first two paragraphs. That shows commitment and it shows ability, right? Technically, could you um, do the same thing with everyone? Sure, but like David said, they use the charge to the lodge, right? Because it has the verbiage in them in there that describes and, and whatnot that they want that message out there. We use the um, address to the brethren, the ideal of a Freemason, that last four paragraphs that's what we use because that's the public ritual. And uh, it says a lot of those things. And it gives us that ability to say two paragraphs, four paragraphs, you know, 
how much we want that person to to uh, put the effort in, right? So, so you just I think you just answered my next question, but Stephen, you said that you generally deal with the new, the interested, the the potential new guys. I call them in my head the the new the newly interested. Man, man I, I am the David Colbeth in, in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I guard the West Gate. I am the guy who runs the six-step program. They meet me first. And uh, then I put them in touch with everybody else uh, and, and walk them through the process. And, I, and, I, and I'm, you know, in my defense, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm the default Westgate guy because I'm the webmaster and I'm the Facebook guy. So, you know, most of our inquirers come through the website or come through. And I'm also the rental manager for the building. So the phone number is outside of the building. So if someone's, you know, trying to call the lodge, they call the rental line, of course. And then I answer the rental line. So I'm kind of the front. I have access ooh, <laughs> to to all the you know the incoming email and website and Facebook social media and 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 the phone numbers and so I'm kind of that because I I want the lodge to be public and I want the lodge to have rentals and I want all this kind of ha- happen so it just happens by nature but yeah. I decided and to your point Matt earlier that. I'm constantly in the back of my mind thinking the same thing. Am I, I have to temper myself to be careful because I was exactly the same. My wife was eight months pregnant when I had my investigation and my first degree was dependent on whether she went into labor or not. And so uh, I had young kids coming up and through masonry as well. And so it was a decision. And, and if I had the same thing, if I had had to do some of the things that I put these guys through now, I don't know hundred percent that I would go through it. And so I'm always tempering that in my mind. I don't want to make them do too much, but I want them to be committed. And, and the people that we've been bringing in have been solid and have wanted it. And I don't, there's only been a couple, I mean, a very small percentage that don't move on to the next stages. And, and honestly, what would happen, we had at one point, probably 15 entered apprentices in the books that didn't get the six steps and they should have, and we wouldn't have had to put those degrees on because they probably wouldn't have continued. might've been nice guys we wouldn't have had to continue through the process. And so I think on the previous show, you mentioned that we have that Stephen mentioned that the, in British Columbia, they have a year to get them through the process. And our grand lodge just last year instituted that same thing. It's not mandatory that they drop them from the rolls, but for there's been an apprentice out there for 20 years, 50 years, whatever the, our systems, our books were required to maintain them on the books. And then last year they implemented a process where the lodge could vote to release them essentially from the, from the roles. And I don't know. He was lodge secretary. That makes, that cleans up the roles a lot because yeah. there are a lot of those guys. <laughs> well, I really feel like the odd guy out. I was in Malay and my, my first wife was a Joby. So when I came to join the lodge and the, and the commitment level and the time level, she was just go see ya. Yeah. And, and um, then when it really got heavy and, and I was going in, to the uh, east is Worshipful Master of my lodge. I was on my second wife, and uh, thank goodness her uh, her stepdad, uncle, grandfather were all uh, Master Masons. So she was used to seeing a tux going out the door a few nights a month and, and said, yeah, see ya, okay, right? And so I, I never had that worry of, of uh, not being able to make those commitments and do those things that were asked. Mind you, when I came in, they didn't have the SIFSTEP program going. So really they just took my petition, took my money and, 
in three months, I was a master mason. So I have a question for you guys, and I don't mean to cut off the moderator here and, and divert the questioning. <laughs> uh, but Stevie, you mentioned you were going to be your junior warden again this year. Matt, are you an officer in your lodge as well? I'm the secretary. Oh, sorry, that's right. I'm sorry. I, and, and have you you've been secretary for a couple of years at least, right? Yep. Yeah, it's been four years, five years. Four years, four okay. Years. Okay, and I assume you're planning to kind of stay there, or is there anybody? Do you have a plan for transitioning? Um, I, I've I've been trying to uh, <laughs> to uh, <laughs> capture my successor in a cage and and drag them to meetings with me, but it hasn't come out hasn't quite worked out yet. That's yeah. I got to lure them in with honey. <laughs> <laughs> I just was curious if one of the things that. I'm I'm a senior deacon again this year and going back to the chairs. Uh, and ironically, it's exactly 10 years. I just figured that out a few weeks ago after I was installed. I thought, oh, it's been exactly 10 years ago I was senior deacon, and so I'll be mastering 10 years to the day. And I, I, what I'm going to do and try and show the guys is that at what you would call mentorship, not just coaching, but mentorship, and actually going to the junior deacon and the stewards and making sure they know their role and – then also focusing on the guys above to make sure, hey, do you, are you ready for the next chair? Are you ready for your year as master? Well, you know, all this kind of stuff. Now, I'm fortunate that we have ahead of me in our junior warden, a past master as well. So he knows pretty well, but he's not actually been a master in our lodge. He was a master somewhere else, but he's been around. Our, he knows our lodge culture. He's an amazing guy. And he just hasn't been a past master in our lodge. And so, so you know, just making sure that all our traditions are maintained and things like that as we continue for the next five years or six years. That's so the things we, we talk about in our, our district, uh, we've talked on the show before about our district uh, lodge leadership retreat. And one of the things we, we talk about every year is the fact that when you're master and you appoint that guy as junior deacon, you're responsible for him. You know, for the next five years, it is your job to say, hey, how's it going, Bill? Are you, you know, you, you doing all right? And, you know, even when you're not master anymore, you should still be talking to him on a regular basis and, you know, yep. making sure things are going okay, giving him advice when he needs it and, and listening to him gripe when he needs it <laughs> and, uh, and that sort of thing. That's, a, that's still a mentorship process right there. Just appointing someone into a chair is an important process. Yeah. Sounds like David's assumed the, uh, the, the role um, vicariously through just by doing things um, of being the lodge officer's coach, lodge officer's uh, mentor. Uh, which is one of the positions I hold in our lodge is I'm the lodge officers coach. So, uh, Holy snakes, you guys have another mentorship program for the <laughs> officers too? Oh, we, well, it's, it's all part and parcel, man. Like you got you got to read the mentorship program, man, mm -hmm. because <clears throat> if you put a guy into a chair and he doesn't know what to do, what are you going to get? Right. You got to have assistance for them too. Right. So, before every installation, we have our step-up night, right? And we have another meeting uh, where I will call a lodge officers meeting of all the officers coming in. Uh, the ones that got to pass the word, I'll make sure that they know how to do that. I, I make sure I spend time with each officer, making sure that they know their roles and responsibilities. We have the lodge officers guide. I make sure that every lodge officer gets that, right? Now we have living documents. Our immediate past master, Mike Waller, uh, created some binders that are, are supposedly living documents for to be passed on to our successors. So the, the junior warden's book stays at the junior warden of the day. 
and that's, same with the senior warden and that's a, that's a little freaky i've got seven binders sitting on my dining room table right now <laughs> yeah see by osmosis i knew you'd be doing that right but what it does is it gives the guy coming in an idea of what happened the year before or the year before that and what didn't work and what notes are there saying oh well you know maybe we've been dealing with this company for years and getting the barbecue for our outdoor meeting every year from them. Uh, but this year they, you know, they changed their policies and we can't do that. Right. Yeah. Well, now the guy going into that role knows that because the notes are there. Yeah. Right? There's notes from the previous. Well, we've, guy. we've talked about binders for probably 10 years, you know, five years for sure. We talked about binders and just have never done them. Oh well, you know, we've had binders. Then the bind, you know, the junior warden loses his binder, and then you've got only four binders instead of five, and it's a whole. Yeah, it's we, well, we've done it, and if it's when, what am I trying to say? In years when it's been kept up, they're really great for exactly that reason, like Stephen was saying. But then eventually, you get someone going through who goes binder, and then then it's you got to sort of recreate the wheel, and it's uh, if if you don't have someone who's dedicated and willing to recreate that wheel, then it it gets difficult. Well, what Mike did was he created master copies for any binders that got lost or misplaced. There's another one, right? <laughs> and it has all the basics in it, right? And do they and stay? Uh, at, do they stay at the lodge then? Uh, no, typically it stays with the officer itself because yeah. you know they're at home when they're doing their things, right? So um, kind of hard when you know to work from a binder that's at the lodge, right? Yeah. So yeah, they go missing every now and then, but you know you just punch out a new one, spit out the, the, the basics for it, and then start taking notes. And, you know, if you can, uh, what we did in the last one that went missing, we sat down with the two previous officers and said, hey, you know, what were the important notes that you had for that book, right? And then we just made, jotted them down and, and uh, continued on from there, right? But it's been, having the living binders is, is uh, probably one of the best things uh, I've seen in our lodge since the, uh, is the in that, program. in that, is there a course segment in each of those binders? That's kind of the same for each one or is yes. it all, all different for? Yes. It, it's kind of the same basic questions, basic things for each uh, uh, binder. So it's probably fun. like we have our lodge officers handbook, which just sounds like you have a similar kind of document that's in there or something like it is in there for each of their roles. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we used to have, we had, um, uh, responsibilities laid out for each officer and then I mean we included other yeah. stuff too we had a you know just a copy of the register of everyone's phone number so that if you right needed to call Tom you could you could find his phone number fast and that sort of stuff right. it was that was the uh, copy of the memorial senior, ceremony stuff like as that. senior deacon that was one of the most difficult things they said hey you, yeah we just voted this new guy in you got to set up the degree and I said I got to set up what mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I was I was two years into this lodge and you know a year and a half actually and I didn't know any, I mean, I knew people, but I didn't have their phone numbers. I didn't have any of that kind of stuff. So, you know, I'm outgoing guy. So I've of course, started calling people and called my mentor. I happen to be Al Jorgensen, uh, called my mentor oh. and said, Hey, I'm, I'm supposed to set up this meeting. And he goes, okay, let me help you. And of course he helped me and lots of people helped me along the way. But if a guy's a little bit meek, I mean, we're throwing this guy into this role that he has no clue. So I'm, we have to, we have a first degree to set up in January. And so my immediate thing is to grab the junior deacon and say, Hey, Pat, come over here. This is what I do when I'm setting up a degree and show him how to do it. And I will say I've made my own binder for the thing. Uh, too bright. I've made my own binder for the, for the secretary. Nice. And every year I, I fill it up with junk and I leave them at the lodge so that when the, when I get hit by a bus, they'll have the information still. But yeah, it's, yeah. 
it's a it's a system I use personally. So, but yeah. I well, don't know that it's pursued otherwise. You know, all all the things that we've been talking about this episode and the last episode, um, all very key important things to taking care of the people in our lodge, our membership. Um, you know, yeah, like you said, sometimes these books go missing and some, and they have to start over. And sometimes we have to reinvent the wheel that, that got lost. But I think the most important thing is that our lodges are always trying to continue taking care of the people yeah. and, um, the lodges that don't, they disappear. Right. So it's nice to see that lodges all over the place are adopting some sort of um, mentorship program, some sort of six-step program, and uh, lodge officers coaching. Um, to me, that's invaluable because, like, when I went through the first time in, into the chair, um, my immediate past master passed away. Uh, I got nobody to sit there and, and, and yeah. help me through this, right? You know, I'm, I'm winging it. And um, so to have these tools in place is, is really uh, uh, priceless, priceless. And uh, everything we can do to uh, further our, our lodges in that direction is, is worth every effort we put in. So uh, Absolutely. And I, I would totally agree. I, I would say that I, I'm in complete agreement with Matt's and I'm stealing it for the first time. Uh, this counts as one and I got two more. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that, yeah, it's not just what you put into masonry. It's what the lodge puts into the man. And that is that is so true, very profound. It's what the lodge and what the members put into each other. And as part of the installation, disinterested friendship, you know, what can we do to help each other? And that's, that, that's I was just talking to a, one of the friends of mine from a local lodge and, and this guy came up and I thought he was a mason. I didn't know he wasn't a mason. He was at a rainbow event and he, we were talking about things and we were kind of, lightly saying hey you should consider becoming a mason and and he kind of hemmed and hawed and i said you know because something about meetings he didn't want to go to the meetings and i said you know this and i pointed between the mason and this friend of mine and i this is what i consider masonry this is the most fun i get just this side conversation it's just like what we're doing now it's the it's the 11 o'clock midnight one o'clock in the morning sitting in the lobby because you come from the dining room to the hallway to the lobby and you're, you know, you're chatting about stuff. And sometimes it's a little bit of a bitch session, but most of the time it's what can we do to be better as men and as Masons and for the community and for each other. And that's what's, I, I totally agree, Steve. So it sounds like we've, uh, two thirds of us have expressed our final thoughts for the evening. So uh, I will, I will simply echo what you two guys have said that mentorship is one of the most important things a lodge does. I mean, we talk about the purpose of masonry being to make good men better. One of the, it's the tagline these days. And how the heck do you do that by having business meetings where you vote on what wattage of light bulb to buy and, and what color to paint the walls. That's, that's not how you make good men better. You, it's mentorship and investing the time and the effort and the love into these men that, that helps improve them. And along the way, it helps improve you as the mentor as well. So on that note, thank you very much for being with us on the working tools podcast. This concludes our discussion of mentorship and stewardship of the people in your lodge. And we look forward to you joining us next time. Have a good night.